AfterBuzz TV's Chief Operating Officer, Phil Svitek, comes a weekly digital series that shares his insights, concepts, and findings from years of learning and mentorship. Welcome to Phil Svitek Podcast. Welcome to the show, and thanks for joining me. My name is Phil Svitek, and I'm honored you're here. Having been AfterBuzz TV's Chief Operating Officer since inception back in 2011, I've come to realize firsthand the importance mental fortitude has in achieving creative endeavors. That's precisely the lessons I want to share with you to make your journey a little bit easier. This week, I came across an article from Cosmopolitan.com with the headline, Kim Kardashian met the President of Uganda and, lol, he asked her what her job is. Now, I'm not here to comment on Kim Kardashian or any of her family members, but that headline made me think about what it means to have a fan base or audience. Sometimes people will even refer to it as your reach. They all mean the same thing. How many people are engaged with your content? Someone like Kim Kardashian has an insanely large following, certainly by social media standards. And whether it's her or someone else really famous, I see lots and lots of people try to emulate those people. Emulate them how? Well, therein lies the problem. The ways in which I see people emulate these celebrities is on a surface level. They forget the craft and instead seek the result, aka they aim to become famous. The ultimate goal cannot be fame or money. That's a byproduct of the value you bring to people, just like in any other field, by the way. One such example of what I see is men and women post provocative selfies to attract likes on social media. They do this because posting something else doesn't garner as many likes as a sexy selfie. That may be, but what are you really saying? What are you really promoting? Recently, I saw Bradley Cooper's A Star Is Born, and there's a quote I really like that speaks to this. Don't worry, it's not a spoiler. The quote goes, Look, talent comes everywhere, but having something to say and a way to say it so people listen to it, that's a whole other bag. And unless you get out there and you try to do it, you'll never know. That's just the truth. If there's one reason we're supposed to be here is to say something so people want to hear it. So you got to grab it. And you don't apologize. You don't worry about why they're listening or how long they're going to be listening for. You just tell them what you want to say. Don't you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Yeah, I do. I don't like it, but I understand it. Oh, I think you like it a little bit. Looking at it from that perspective, is all you have to say, hey, look at me, I just want you to like me. For fuck's sake, stop worrying about how famous you should be. Instead, start worrying about what you're saying and how you're saying it. Align your art and your skills with your values because you will never attract or sustain an audience if you don't truly captivate them. And maybe this is just me trying to raise the standard of art higher than the lowest common denominator, but from firsthand experience, there's audiences out there hungry for more meaningful content. They may be a little harder to reach, but that just means you don't want it hard enough. You don't care about the craft. You just want to be famous. And if that's your jam, then best of luck to you. I always tell the hosts at AfterBuzz that I work with that what I build is careers, and careers by definition span across decades. My goal isn't for you to get 15 minutes of fame and then have it flame out. I want you to have fans that find what you have to say impactful and stick with you over the long haul. In 2008, founding executive editor of Wired Magazine, Kevin Kelly, wrote a blog post entitled 1,000 True Fans. I encourage you to read the whole piece so you get the lesson directly from the horse's mouth, so to speak. But the general overview of his theory is that as artists, you don't need to aspire to have millions of followers. All you need to be successful is 1,000 true fans. Hence the title of the article. 
These 1,000 fans should be people who respect your work so much that they'll tune in each time you have something new. The idea is that rather than have this insurmountable goal for yourself when you're starting out of reaching 1 million fans, it's easier to think that all you really need is just 1,000 fans. The reason this methodology works is because if those 1,000 true fans are able to contribute just $100 a year to you, that earns you a living of $100,000 yearly. Now, I'm not sure about you, but that to me sounds like a very good living. Kevin Kelly's article puts creatives at ease mentally, and many have been able to apply the notion into practice. Instead of a musician trying to appeal to everyone but getting no one, she started concerning herself with a target audience and spoke deeply to them. The 1,000 true fan theory is mentally manageable and practical in reality. So when it comes to your content, stop worrying about becoming famous. Worry about the content first and foremost. If you're worried about how many people you can get to watch your video, like a social media post, or so on, all you're doing is putting the cart before the horse. And from personal experience, it's extremely unlikely that you'll ever garner a community that way. Focus on making your art have something to say, like A Star is Born teaches us. It might be cliche, but do it for the love of the art. Art is about expressing yourself in the most honest human way possible. There's enough garbage out there in terms of content. You don't need to add to it. Dare to be different. Dare to be you, which is a unique individual. In large part, why I don't think people attempt more with their art is because they have tremendous fear. They're worried that they won't make money, and so they emulate other methods they think will work. Or perhaps they're afraid that the world will judge them based on what they have to say. Maybe they think what they have to say won't fly in today's political climate. Maybe they're so scarred from life, as many artists sometimes feel, that seeking outside validation is a form of making peace with themselves. This, of course, is a false calming of the self. No one can provide you with validation. You have to be okay with yourself. Another type of fear might be they don't think they have the right resources to create the type of content they want to create. Does any of this resonate with you? Because all of these resonate with me, and then some. It's all fear-based in illogical thoughts. Stephen Pressfield would call this resistance with a capital R. It is resistance preventing you from being authentic, and so fear cripples you and projects a false image of yourself onto society through your everyday art and actions. Let's examine the first fear I mentioned a little deeper, shall we? The fear of not making money from your art. That's a big one because, of course, at the end of the day, you have to make some sort of living. Even if what you do creatively isn't a full-time job and more of a hobby, I encourage you, nay, I urge you, at least if you want traction with it, to work on your craft every single day, holidays and weekends included. Doing this is the only way you can ever expect to make any money from your art. You must be serious about it and put in serious hours and dedication. When you do that, good things start to happen. And that's what Kevin Kelly is really teaching us. The good things I'm talking about is all of a sudden, people discover your work and latch on. It doesn't take many, just a few, and it starts to build. The more honest your content's message is, the more it resonates with people and the greater the chance of growth and revenue. That's what suddenly turns you from a hobbyist to a true professional. See, people get intimidated because they feel the only way to make money is by having hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of fans, if not millions. That's not the case. In my interview with Elaine Pofeld, who is not only a writer for Forbes, but also the author of Million Dollar One Person Businesses, she highlighted a painter who was getting rejected from art galleries. And instead of sulking about it, she started a Facebook page to showcase her art. Her audience was small, but they were loyal. They were loyal as hell. How loyal? Well, before she started her Facebook page, her paintings, on the rare occasion she was able to book a gallery, 
went for $100 a painting. Through her Facebook page, she's able to earn a lot more. How much more? Let's just say that some of her paintings sell upwards of $35,000. A $100 painting versus a $35,000 painting. That to me is incredible. That right there has to prove to you that it's not about the size of the audience, but rather the quality of the audience. But if it doesn't, or you just want more examples to be inspired by, then let's keep going. You have it in you to do your own version of something like this. But it must start from a passion for your art. Kevin O'Leary, aka Mr. Wonderful from ABC's Shark Tank, says that when starting a business, you need to worry about making the best product, not revenue. Revenue will come if you have a good product. That logic applies to creative endeavors. Here's an example of a loyal but small audience. Adam Carolla sure doesn't have the following that major celebrities like Kim Kardashian have. And yet, whenever he writes a book, it's automatically a New York Times bestseller. Every weekend, Adam Carolla sells out comedy clubs everywhere. When Adam wanted to make a movie, his fans supported his Kickstarter campaign so much that he essentially doubled what he was asking for in donations from $1 million to well over $2 million. See, I'm not convinced many of these celebrities you admire and try to emulate at times could command that sort of connection from their fan bases. Go for a quality community of fans rather than pure quantity. Because quantity will ultimately mean nothing in the grand scheme of things if the connection's not there. Having 1,000 true fans is what makes today's day and age so exciting. In years past, the barrier to entry to access fans was extremely limited to the masses. Now, with social media platforms and the internet in general, any artist has access to anyone in the world. But don't make it just anyone, make it someone. Make it special to that person. That's another thing I work on with AfterBuzz hosts, this idea of building a community. Building a fan base is really about building a community. In order to build a community, you must participate within the community, which means not just posting and constantly barraging people to like your work. It's about getting to know and understand the people. It's about engaging with them. Doing so will allow you to gain trust with them. It'll create an extremely strong bond between you and them. That's how you reach 1,000 true fans, by building and nurturing a community of people that have gathered because they like the message you have to say. In a way, the more fans you have, the harder it is to have that personal connection with people. It's not to say that it's impossible. In fact, there's plenty of people whose work resonates with millions upon millions of people. The movie, A Star is Born, is an example of that. But it resonates because of the dedication Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper put into it along with the rest of the cast and crew. For those that watch me on Popcorn Talk's Anatomy and Movie, which is an in-depth discussion show about movies, know that I didn't love the message of A Star is Born. So does that make me a hypocrite? No, because that's how powerful the movie was. It forced me to think and come up with an opinion on a major topic, which I won't spoil. And in watching it, the movie was as honest as it could be, at least for the filmmakers that made it. That I respect wholeheartedly, if anyone. The lesson there is stop trying to please everybody and go please somebody. In fact, I'll give you one better. I'm a huge South Park fan. It's a show that's very polarizing for many people, including its own audience. NYU News wrote that South Park doesn't just break down barriers, it ignores them completely. If you stop to think about that, quote, consider this. Barriers are constructs of human minds. They don't exist. It's just a societal means of stating what people are comfortable with and what they're not. Because South Park is unconcerned with barriers, in a sense, it's saying South Park is not concerned 
who it offends and therefore who its audience is. You would think that by doing that, it would have no audience because it pissed off everyone. And yet, because of the show's unapologetic brashness, the show resonates equally as strong with the left as it does with the right political parties in the U.S. Talk about the irony of ironies. South Park, whether you love it or hate it, has an extremely loyal audience. Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the creators, don't live in fear of being criticized. They go for it every week and deliver the best show that they can. You too can stop living in fear, and when you do, your art can connect with people and eventually earn you a living. To do that, you have to dare to be different. Speak honestly. Let me give you an example of content that I see people create in hopes of attracting an audience, and that is shoulder content. What is shoulder content? It's content that discusses other content. For example, My Anatomy of a Movie Show is shoulder content. We ride on the shoulders of popular movies because in order to watch our show, you must have knowledge of that particular movie. It's not standalone content. All of AfterBuzz TV is shoulder content because our after shows are talking about TV fans' favorite TV series. Like with anything, there can be good shoulder content and bad shoulder content. The distinction is how we as AfterBuzz TV go about it. We didn't do it from a place of saying this is low-hanging fruit. We started AfterBuzz TV from a place of seeing that there was no place out there talking about our favorite shows. Let's say like Breaking Bad. Shows like that needed to be processed because of how deep and rich they were. And so we said if no one else is doing it, then we'll do it. And it truly was just the act of wanting to get together with our friends and discuss the shows that we absolutely loved. In essence, it was poker night for us. Well, apparently, it resonated with people so much that it snowballed into this massive beast it is today, with six studios, hundreds of hosts, along with hundreds of weekly aftershows that engage millions of fans worldwide. I say this because I see others out there see success such as this and immediately jump on the bandwagon, thinking they can achieve the same success. They can't if they don't do it earnestly. I think the thing we all have to realize is audiences are smart. They can sniff something out if it's disingenuous. In fact, so much so that Anna Kendrick, who starred in A Simple Favor as a mommy blogger, found through her research into the role that the most successful mommy vlogs were the ones that were the least produced. So does this mean audiences don't want visually pleasing content? Do they just want gritty, and raw? No. What it says to me, if you examine it further, is that the mommy vlogs that were highly produced cared about style and not substance. The low quality mommy vlogs cared about delivering the best tips for other moms out there. But there is a way to combine high production value with quality information in a way that truly resonates with people. However, for better or worse, what and how much something resonates with people is unpredictable and outside of your control. That's the other lesson Kevin Kelly learned, and so must we. You see, by 2008, the time in which he published 1,000 True Fans on his blog, Kevin Kelly already had a massive body of work. He had articles, books, and a large number of readers. But when he published 1,000 True Fans, suddenly something magical happened. People who had never heard of Kevin Kelly flocked to this article, and it spoke to them. His intention was just to write it in hopes that people who read this would feel a little bit better because they wouldn't have to bite off more than they could chew. Well, 
That feeling touched artists around the world, and today it's probably his single greatest contribution. That's insane if you really think about it. He certainly didn't expect that. And that's the takeaway. You don't know what will stick and what won't. All you can do is create content as honestly as you can, over and over. If it sticks, it sticks. Who cares? Move on to the next project and the next project after that. I've brought up Anatomy of a Movie several times, but allow me to use it again as an example to illustrate this particular point. In the past, I used to be so sure of which movies we covered would get the most views. A few times, I was right, but many times I was completely wrong. If you search through our archive, there's episodes we did that have half a million views. Now that to me is incredible that something I did would have half a million views. More incredible is which movie discussions those views are attributed towards. For example, never in my wildest dreams did I think Tarzan, a movie I did enjoy but most people never seen, would get half a million views from our discussion of it. And there's plenty of other examples of movies we covered that I have the same feeling about. Conversely, there's movies I thought for sure would be hits for us and they just weren't. These things are unpredictable, so stop trying to predict them. The whole notion of emulating other content because they're trends or work for other people is exactly the act of trying to predict an outcome. Just because it works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. You can take the best practices and certain methods, but you must apply it to your own voice. Their voice you can't take. The spirit of your work must be your own. I get why we all look to others. We try to measure our success by comparing it to someone else's. This stems from that dreaded F word, fear. You don't trust your own work enough and so you look to others to see if it's on par with theirs. Stop doing this. Be like the tortoise from Aesop's The Tortoise and the Hare Fable. Slow and steady wins the race. Remember when I said that my hope for artists is to build themselves a career? Remember I said that? Well, that's what makes a career, slow and steady. Unwavering passion towards your creative goals. Others may seemingly achieve their goals faster. That may be, but remember there's more to it than you might see. The ones that achieve greatness and are able to maintain it are doing so because it's a way of life for them. The others, meaning the ones who achieve lightning in a bottle fame, fizzle out quickly. I can sit here all day and give you examples of those types of people, but I won't because ultimately it doesn't benefit you or me. Learn from others, but don't become jealous. There's a spot for you and an audience out there waiting for what you have to say. The daily creative process is the only roadmap you have for finding them. In history, there have been artists who weren't recognized for their genius until later in life. Picasso is one such example. Then there's artists who weren't acknowledged until way past their deaths. You may look at this as a sad fact of life, but I actually look at it as inspiring. The way I look at it is that they were able to live through their art and be happy no matter what. I'm sure they struggle like everyone else does in life with their problems, especially with finances. But in the grand scheme of things, they survived life and their contributions live well beyond. They're able to affect, touch, and perhaps even inspire people across time. That is the true gift of art, not how many likes you can receive on social media posts. Put blinders on and push forward. Stop worrying what people think. Here's another way to view it. These lines come from a film called Almost Famous. See, friendship is the booze they feed you. They want you to get drunk and feel like you belong. Well, it was fun. Because they make you feel cool. 
And hey, I met you. You are not cool. I know. Even when I thought I was, I knew I wasn't. Right, because we are uncool. You know, while women will always be a problem for guys like us, most of the great art in the world is about that very problem. Good-looking people, they got no spine. Their art never lasts. Now they get the girls, but we're smarter. Yeah, I can really see that now. Because yeah, great art is about you know, guilt and longing and you know, love disguises sex and sex disguises love. Hey, let's face it. Yeah, you got a big head start. I'm glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm uncool. Me too. You're doing great. Yeah. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. In the spirit of Almost Famous, be uncool. Perfect your craft and good things will come. Because after all, you just need to make a genuine connection with a small amount of people in the world to be able to be successful. That's what Kevin Kelly has taught us, and that's what hundreds of artists have now proven. To help reinforce today's lesson, here's a few quotes that I think you'll like. My decision to end my marriage was such a risk to losing ratings and lose my fan base. I had to take that risk for my inner peace and to be happy with myself. There's so many people who have never heard of us, but I think what we've learned is you can't underestimate the power of a core fan base and people who believe what you're doing. I think they're the ultimate marketers. They're the ones promoting us. I think it's important to earn your fan base and not just try to immediately advance to the top. If you ride to the top quickly, you're liable to fall as quickly. Take your time. It's a long journey ahead of you as an artist. There's nowhere that you're supposed to be other than right now living inside your art. I think the moment you start trying to please a fan base is when you start going downhill. I'm going to always, always write about what I want, even if it doesn't necessarily cater to most of them. I've gone through many phases in music in my life. Before I was signed, I was making completely different music, and my fan base has followed me. They continue to follow me as the music progresses and as I grow as an artist. As long as I stay true and don't pretend to be someone I'm not, I hope they'll come along with it. An influencer with a small but loyal and engaging following can often have a far greater impact than the one with a much larger fan base. Before you click away to another lesson from Phil, here's a few more things. For your benefit, the transcript of this episode is available on Phil's website. A link is provided so you can always review it. Please be sure to hit that like button if you've enjoyed this episode and tell your friends and family members about us. Leave us a comment with your thoughts and opinions and what lessons you would like to see Phil tackle next. The more specific you are with your questions, the better he can answer them. Also, you can support this show on patreon.com slash philspeedtech if it doesn't burden you financially in any way. Every contribution is truly appreciated and it helps defray the cost of putting on this show, which you can imagine takes a lot of effort. To be notified when future episodes release, subscribe on either Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, on Facebook, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform is most convenient to you. Specific links are provided below. 
Lastly, if you're interested in joining AfterBuzz TV as a host or as an intern, visit AfterBuzz TV's contact page. A direct link is provided. Or, of course, you can tweet at PhilSvitek or Instagram me at BonjourJuliette. Thank you so much for watching. I am Juliette Bear, a producer on the show, and we will see you next week with another one of Phil's Life Lessons. Bye.